Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One, two, three. My dad. They don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. I wish he'd stay off Twitter. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Either way. Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep. I'm here determined to stop this future atrocity. It's just not a natural thing we would do in our society. You don't see that. Yes. Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history. The First Amendment and Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Let me tell you, the one that matters is me. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. Thanks, Mom. Maybe that says something about you, Kate. This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Now this, I'm liking. Live from Studio C. This is yours. A dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound, and today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Chinese Tech Companies. 
whose jobs need to be saved or something. Very odd. Wait a second. What is this the theme to? The Sanford and Son, yeah. is it? Yeah. Okay. Briefly, Great 1970s sitcom. I briefly was afraid it was the Cosby Show. The, uh, the cartoon Cosby show. Hey, hey, hey. Kind of has a similar sound to it as that, and I thought that's... Gonna that commit a rape today. Yeah, we don't want that. Sanford son, perfectly good. Has a charming tale of a man who ran a junkyard. He and his son. Oh, yeah. They He's, bickered, but they loved each other. He suffered from heart disease. That was part of the humor. Funny. Funny. I always feared a <laughs> fatal infarction. <laughs> big one. Yes. Here comes the big one. <laughs> yeah. Ah, the humor involved in heart attacks of the 70s. Um, Yeah, so let's introduce everybody in the squad to kick off the show. And uh, lots to talk about today. Let's uh, start with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi, this morning, Michael. Hey, good. I couldn't remember, Jack, if you said this. I don't know if I dreamt it or whatever, but you hate push-button starts on cars. Absolutely, absolutely hate them. Why? Is and I'll it, never have a. No, I'll never have one again. I, I was just push. You know, I start my car today. I have the push button. I thought, uh-huh. why does this make Jack angry? I, I just, just don't like it. Hard to imagine, isn't I it? I just Michael? don't like it. Hard to imagine. Well, it's killing people the across s- the country. Sign of mental illness, clearly. <laughs> I just don't like it. I don't understand the advantage. What's the supposed upside? Why, why change something I've been doing my whole life? What's the advantage? Or is it just the novelty of doing something different that people seem to enjoy? He's going to make us uh, defend ducklings and sunrises next. It's just, it is. <laughs> it's just new. Push it's button, it's better. Know. It works easy. Why it's is a, it better? It's the key, the turn, the, that's e- easily jacked up. It's easily, it's too easy to steal your car. Or I'm always getting my technology. car stolen. Well, yes, you are. I will. I might actually get rid of my car because of the push button start. Wow. wow. That's how much I hate it. Wow. Share so your thoughts your... on that uh, with us at uh, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. <laughs> you have like a sore finger. It just really hurts just to push the it. button. I never. It's the same reason people die all the time. They don't turn their car off when they stop because I don't have my keys to take out of where. I never have my keys fob. I just, what, I just wait, like. They don't turn off their car because they can't find their key. What? No, you just don't think of it. I'm, I regularly leave my car on. I, co- I go back outside and my car's still on. Wow. Because I don't have my keys okay. to take out. Oh. Okay. And people are dying because they, yeah. they uh, the uh, whatever, the carbon monoxide in their garage goes into their house and it kills them. So I, you go uh... through an entire tank of gas because you <laughs> fill up, you leave and the I car on. And I don't like it. I just don't like it. I find uh, positive Sean's reference to Darwin incredibly insensitive and persuasive. <laughs> well, if it was my only choice, fine. But since I have a choice, I think I'll go with something I like better. Do What's... you have a choice? Does anybody make the old style anymore? God, I hope so. Well, I, I buy old cars. I continue to buy used cars partially because I don't like the new electronics. I had to buy an older car because I don't want a rear view camera. I don't want all that electronics in my dash. I just want I want the lever that you push over to the, the red side for hot and the blue side for cool, <laughs> and you turn up the fan. That's what I want. You know, you are the only human being on earth I have ever heard express these things, which makes you a courageous no, my dad, leader my, among men. My dad feels the same way. I haven't heard my, him my, say that, though. And, You're the only person that I have heard. And my yeah, wife feels that. the same way. If I brought home... They're afraid to argue with you. <laughs> That's right, I, If I brought home a car for my wife, a truck for my wife, that had a modern electronics on, on it, she wouldn't drive it. Wow. And I and I don't want it either. I just I hate it. I don't want all the. I want to have to press fifty buttons to make the air conditioner go. I just want to turn the knob. It's so nice and simple and easy. That's that. I want simple and easy. Why can't do we need down? a key? Why can't we just crank the engine in the front like we <laughs> yeah. always used to? Yeah. What's this jingle jangling in my pocket for? Key. They're sharp. Sometimes they jab me in the thigh. Can I give me a leg hemorrhage? Jay Leno's the same way too. By the way, on his uh, car show, he's always talking about his hatred of electronics. I hate mm. the electronics on the car. 
And uh, so I don't know if eventually you won't be able to get one. So I had to buy the stripped-down version of my truck to be able to get no electronics on it, which is awesome. But they may it may go away. They may force me to have to press 50 buttons to turn up the temperature by 2 degrees. You know, all you need to start a horse is a pat on the neck and a warm word. <laughs> and a horse has never gassed anyone. One of the things that is hurting the radio industry is you got to press 20 buttons to get to the radio when you get in the car. Um, instead of, you know, because you got... My wife's minivan had the single most complex audio DVD. The, turn on the DVD player to play a movie for your kid was at least 50 buttons. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah, I remember that back in the day. That, but that was before they got so wonderfully capable now. You can just do anything, anything at all in a modern automobile. I don't want to do anything. You can <laughs> Facebook as you go 80 miles per hour. Just it's wonderful. <laughs> I have Facebook in my eye. Music in my ear, talk radio in my other ear, and and NORAD's full map to keep an eye out for incoming uh, North Korean missiles uh, projected on my dashboard. I love it. Uh, I actually have an infrared system in my car. I am the anti-jack. My car is so incredibly modern, it is the envy of America. The world. I want my car to be like a 1982 Chevy truck for the rest of my life. I want mine to be like an aircraft carrier. (laughs) I can fight China. (laughs) There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. I'm a huge fan of industry disruptors, and uh, other than Amazon, I can think of uh, no better example of an industry disruptor in my lifetime than Netflix. And uh, just a quick note on Netflix, they have transition their spending budget away from acquiring uh, content that other people used to make when they would just rerun like old friends stuff or whatever. Now people are realizing there's value in that. They're not selling those. So Netflix is now sh- uh, focusing 85% of their new spending on original programming, original productions. By the end of the year, they will have a thousand total original programs, almost 500 of which have yet to debut. Wow. So they've become a combination TV network movie studio. Yes. Yes, and with so the, uh, a lot of money to spend and hiring really creative people, it's an in, it's a ballsy change. Well, and they seem to be good at it. There was a long article in the New York Times about the death of network television and how their audiences are just shrinking and shrinking and yeah. shrinking, and and the the re, their reason for even continuing to try is starting to go away. It's almost just nostalgia that they continue to try. I mean, what's the point? All the good stuff's on other channels. It might just go away. They might have to just start to run local weather on your ABC, your CBS, your NBC. In various markets. Because what's the point? Uh, there's Marsha Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marsha? I'm doing very well. I am gearing up for some <laughs> asteroid gazing. I got my lawn chair, my binoculars, oh, and my shirty. Right. It's all in place, all set up, ready to go. When I get home, I'm going to be looking to the sky. What are you talking about? I, I'm not hip to this. We've got an asteroid the size of the Statue of Liberty. Oh, that one. It right. is going to be Sorry. flying past Earth this evening, 5 p.m. West Coast time. Should blazing sunshine. Will we be able to see it? Uh, you supposedly can with a small telescope or binoculars. Yeah, I was talking to my kids about this last yeah. night because it'll be half the distance the moon is away from the right. Earth. That's how close it will be. Right. And, of course, they could have their calculations wrong. Maybe they forgot to carry the one, and it's going to crash right into Idaho. Yeah, astronomers say very few objects of that size are seen passing so close to Earth. But they also say the asteroid really doesn't present any risk to our planet. But as Jack uh, just mentioned, if their calculations are off a bit, They could be wrong. The dinosaurs probably thought that 65 million years ago. Oh, well, we'll we'll watch it uh, go by. Listen, I've checked it 100 times. It's going to miss the Earth, all right? Go back to eating plants. And they were wrong. Yes. I will look for that. Yeah.
Um, what, is it going to be flaming? Uh, trail of smoke and debris? Or uh, do we have any idea what this is going to look like? Or it could just be big and gray and look block like a, out the sun. Yeah, look like know? a bird flying by. <laughs> I, don't, I need what, to know these would things. Would it move really slow or would it go zip like a shooting star? You know, I don't know. These are these, you don't know why, much. This is why I'm well, going to be. Well, he's been focusing on the preparations, the shardy, the lawn chair, you know, the important things. Yes, I've got it all exactly. set up. D- didn't get to the science part right. of it. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Tuesday, May 15th, the year 2018. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right. Well, let's begin cranking the old Armstrong and Getty show up and start it for the morning. According to FCC rules and regs, at Mark. You just see this game. Go Cougs, man. The Rockets can't beat them. Like I said, I picked the Warriors in five. Can they win a game? No. They're not going to win a game. Hey, I picked the Warriors in five. I want to say I'm taking the Warriors in three. There you go. <laughs> wow. Charles Barkley, after the game last night, said, anybody who thinks the Houston will win one game is crazy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Been a fun season. Warriors going to win it. See you next year. 65 win season. One of the great seasons in NBA history. Sorry. You're just not good enough. Anyway, what are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Well, we got the Palestinian demonstrations not letting up worries about another round of deadly confrontations. The First Lady is in the hospital, and we have royal wedding drama. The father of the bride will not attend. Stories coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Gideon. Yeah, this is not your typical royal wedding. This is what happens when you bring in non-royal people. That's right. It's a mistake. (laughs) People talk about inbreeding like it's a bad thing. Import some, <laughs> import some German prince. Right. He's got right. you know one ear much larger than the other. That's harmless. You got to marry your second cousin. That's sure. the way royals do it. Right. That's well. You know what you're getting. What's the Queen of Prussia doing these days? Marry her. <laughs> How does mailbag look? Oh, it's fine. You know, a little of this, a little of that. Isn't there a hot Habsburg around somewhere you can marry? Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Lot to get into. I have the diagnosis for the ailing first lady. I know it would did her in. You've examined Milani's kidney, huh? It's hot. She's got oh, a hot kidney. Oh, boy. She's like the rest of her. Huh? Show me your kidneys. Uh, all this coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Just a portion from the text line. Thank you, Jack. I agree with the electronics. I'm with you, Jack. I love having a simple vehicle, blah, 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 blah. More on that. Oh, simple vehicle. I stand in solidarity with Jack and his jihad against push buttons. I hate them. Jack, my husband and I feel the same way about the push button start. Pudge. Nobody's called me Pudge in a while. Pudge, I'm with you. Read the vehicle electronics. I hate them. Jack, I agree with you. Too many electronics. We should call you Amish Jack. That's a good new nickname. <laughs> that is strong. Amish Jack. Old, when old simple Jack isn't simple enough. Old Amish, Amish Jack. Jack. Does power steering infuriate you? No, you like the power steering. Jack, our 28-year-old son drives this. A picture of an old uh, Ford truck for the same reasons you just laid out. See, it's a thing with some people. I admit it. That's, uh, this reminds me uh, very much of... Um, how the internet has allowed uh, child molesters and perverts to gather and reinforce their bizarre beliefs. It's just like that. It isn't it, Michael? Doesn't it remind you of that? Uh, no, that's funny. Mailbag. So- what? What? 
My now, turn. in my car, I have, like, the fob that I must insert into the dashboard mm-hmm. and then push the button. How does that, where does that and rank on your What's thing? the upside of that? Why do I need the extra action here? Uh, why why you would you bring that up to enrage him? I'm just wondering if it's the physical pushing of the button or if it was the, the fact that he couldn't forget <laughs> his keys in there, because I can't do that with this. True. I like that better, because I okay. had a car with that one. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Controversial stuff, and I quote... Good men must not obey the laws too well. Discuss amongst yourselves. Yeah, that's a tough one for the kids. Right? How, what do you teach your kids? I can tell you what I taught my kids, but... I think you got to start with the, uh, you know, obeying the law. And then get to the uh, nuances later. I, I, that's absolutely true. That's right. Because the, the subtleties involved in, no, this is a time for civil disobedience, are. Well, they're subtle, which makes them subtleties. <laughs> which is one of the keys to subtleties. They're subtle. Hard to imagine I don't have a Pulitzer yet or a <laughs> Grammy or something. <clears throat> so uh, Christopher has written us, uh, well, Chris, a, a really nice note on a couple of different topics. Um, but he's bringing up a topic from six months ago because he's six months behind on podcasts. And he's afraid of missing a moment of the show. So he's trying to catch up, but he's currently six months behind. So it sounds like he's a little uh, OCD, but that's fine. Whatever yeah, it takes. you know me. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would like agree. The, the guy who like sees the, the huge movie 10 years after it came out because it finally is making its basic cable runs. Yeah. Well, no, I've, it's different than that. It's I've much more that a, OCD. I've it's done just, that a number of times. Hey, has anybody here seen Napoleon Dynamite? That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, he, we saw it years ago. Then he <laughs> signs off, uh, looking forward to hearing this email read on the air next November. <laughs> It's like when you go to it's like when you go to Mexico and you see like a billboard for like Seinfeld. You're like, wait, this right. already happened. <laughs> oh, hey, wake up, Mexico, huh? Uh, advice for grads. Um, uh, this is a nice note from Mike who quotes a handful of uh, great thinkers. Start your day by making your bed. That's a great commencement speech and turned into a book by that, Navy that, Admiral McRaven. I'm a believer in that. I actually have a copy of that book. I do too. I haven't read it, but I have it. Surely that's a good step. Uh, happiness is not necessarily doing what you like, but in learning to like what you have to do. Ben Franklin said that. Um, a number of different things. Spend time listening to people at least 20 years older than you and read a book at least 100 years old. Um, and then this quote from Joseph Prince, who whose work I'm not sure I know. When you go on a road trip, you don't wait for all of the traffic lights to turn green before you leave. That is a, take the first step, get going. Don't worry if you've figured it all out. Do something, be bold, take a chance. Don't worry. No, all the lights aren't green right now, but they will be. That's, I love that saying. I wish I'd heard it when I was younger. How much of, for at least modern graduates, it should just be all about lowering your expectations? Oh, yeah. And Listen, which is a tough thing to hear. You're not that special. You're not that unique. There are tens of millions of you in this country, hundreds of millions around the world. Figure out what you can do and work really hard, and eventually you'll have some nice rewards. Try to hang around nice people. They'll make you happy. Now, goodbye. Get. Go. Well, and just my... Go take your pictures with your parents. My experience <laughs> with uh, modern college students slash graduates that I have, being vague... Um, yeah, the uh, life is not going to be as, um, well, certainly your work life is not going to be as deep and meaningful and cool as your life has been up till now, mm-hmm. where it was always a, a pursuit of the super meaningful or super fun. 
your job is almost certainly not going to be super meaningful or fun. Right. <laughs> and that's what you're going to spend a lot of your time on for the rest of your life, which is a tough message to hear. Having sat through several graduation ceremonies in recent years, I'll also tell you that the whole you are the generation that will change the world thing is nice, but I'd like to see it presented a little differently because it's all so dreamy and the herds of unicorns scampering over the hill-ish. It ought to be a little more, hey, change your house, then change your your block and maybe try to change your town, etc., uh, you know, do some good for people and, and, you know, see if the world doesn't change as opposed to, you know, just screaming about global issues because it makes you feel good. Anyway, uh, on the topic of uh, hobbyists and hobbies, got a lot of cool notes. Here's Daniel, who um, he says, if one would pursue a hobby, they might be less preoccupied about being offended. Certainly keeps me out of trouble. His hobby is uh, uh, artistic uh, kids books. And his family inspires some of his books. Look at his robot book. Look how cool this looks. His nine-year-old inspired that. Look at the cover of that. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. What if if being offended is my hobby? Life of robots. Well, then I hate you. (laughs) So there we are. Funny that you mentioned a hobby today, writes Rob. I was listening while tinkering on my 26-year-old MG Midget project. That's an old sports car. Never completed, never driven. So many times people ask, will you sell it when you're done? I actually fear completing the car. What will I do then? Good Lord, people just don't get it. Yeah, I let me restate that briefly unless, in case you didn't hear it, because it's one of the most important things I've come across in years, maybe. I loved it. Hit it. In Defense of Hobbies was the name of the article, and it, the idea was that we've, we've lost the idea of having a hobby, um, either in our own minds or, or for other people. It's a cultural thing. It's a societal pressure. And the idea being that, like, if you're into crocheting or something like that, you start thinking or other people start asking, so are you going to put those on Etsy or you're going to take them down to the farmer's market? No, I'm not going to try to sell them or make any money out of them. you got to make like a them. side hustle. It's a side hustle. You're in a band. Okay, so you're getting gigs. You're making an album. No, we just, we just, we just get together in my garage and play. It's it, just a hobby. It just makes us happy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're fixing up your old car. So it's going to be worth a lot of money? I don't know. It might not be worth anything. I, I just care. like working on cars. <laughs> right. So the idea of bringing back that aspect of life seems like a good idea. Love it. And quit asking people if they're going to make money off of it or whatever. <laughs> Consumerism is poisoning our yeah. souls. Uh, what do you do that for? News next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. got a number of texts about the whole idea of uh, the return of hobbies. Maybe we'll hit you with those in a little bit. Well, and the fact that the concept kind of vanished is is odd and troubling. Not good for our brains. Speaking of odd and troubling, the coverage of the goings-on in Israel slash Palestinian territories, we need to talk about that at some point. It seems clear, even the WAPO reporting, that Hamas is telling people... The gates are open. Rush through. Rush through. You can rush into Israel now. Even though the gates were not open and the fence was intact and there were soldiers there with guns fearing some sort of invasion. So Hamas sent many dozens of people to their deaths to put this issue back on the media map around the world. Huh, well, it's worked. Um, with a number of outlets just thinking it was a horrifying move by uh, Donald Trump. Oh, and brutality by Israel. Because it killed the so-called peace process that was never going to happen. It's like if I twisted my ankle and somebody said, well, that's really going to hurt his chances for becoming a Golden State Warrior. Right. It was never going to happen anyway. 
That's the peace process. Anyway, news now with Marsha Phillips. Along those same lines, the U.N. Security Council set to meet today to discuss the deadly violence along the Israel-Gaza border after the opening of the U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem. There are calls for a general strike today in Gaza and the West Bank to protest the deaths of dozens in Gaza. Something like 60 people were killed in confrontations with Israeli forces, and there are worries that there could be another uh, deadly day ahead of us today. God, here's my history with the whole Israel-Palestinian thing. Is every couple of years, for whatever reason, it becomes a giant national story, and we all talk about it and read up on it. Then we get tired of it. And move on to something else and think, yeah, why am I worried about that? It's a tiny area on the other side of the world that has no effect on me. And we stop paying attention to it again. And nothing ever changes. And nothing ever changes. And then it comes back up again in a couple of years. And here's another one of those. As Joe was mentioning, White House spokesman Raj Shah is saying that Hamas is to blame for yesterday's deadly violence. During a briefing, Shah said, Hamas is intentionally and cynically provoking this response. And as the Secretary of State said, Israel has the right to defend itself. Israel saying its troops were defending the border. Israel accusing Hamas of trying to carry out attacks under the cover of the protests. What drives the interest in this, though, at this point? For, for a long time, some of it was anything in the Middle East had to do with oil prices. Right. We don't worry about that near as much anymore. It's got to be just the religious stuff, right? Because if two m- m- tiny African countries are arguing over a little piece of land and killing each other, we don't pay attention to it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We've been paying attention to the region for a long time, so that's 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 part of a it. lot of it driven by oil, though. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, stability in the Middle East, therefore st- stable energy prices and uh-huh. economic growth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it can't just be about justice because I mean, I, I can bore you with the three, four stories of absolutely horrific inhumane treatment by various governments or ethnic groups around the world going on right now. Well, right. That, ma- that, that make the Palestinians, what, a few dozen people? And I do not mean any disrespect to the loss of life, which is terrible, but we're talking thousands and thousands of people being slaughtered. Yeah, a bunch of people got killed in Burma a couple of weeks ago over their dispute. Nobody's worried about that. No. Why is it that particular border, Israel and Palestine, it's got to be the religious stuff, I guess. The White House is saying... And and it's become a liberal cause celeb. Well, and conservative, too, for that matter. It's become a political football. White House is saying that the First Lady Melania Trump's going to be in the hospital for the rest of the week after going through a procedure to treat a benign kidney condition. I know what caused it. If you swallow your pride too many times, this is what happens to your kidneys. Oh, my. Oh, shut up! It's well documented. Wow. NBC medical contributor Dr. Natalie Azar has some more details. Typically, this would be considered more of an outpatient procedure or even an overnight procedure. So we think this is probably just an abundance of caution that they want to monitor her, certainly for any pain, um, any bleeding at the site. That's what I was wondering when they said she'd be in the hospital all week. You don't uh, not not everybody who's 47 ends up in the hospital for a week. Yeah, that's a long time in the modern world. And uh, it's uh, supposedly non-invasive. Recovery time tends to be quick. Usually you're out maybe in a couple hours after the uh, operation or the procedure. Yeah, I wonder if it's, this, is, this is some sort of smoke screen so the press doesn't know when to show up well, to watch we her. we have you know, no business louder. knowing. I, I don't care. We have no business. I hope, I hope she's okay, but uh, yeah, it's not a big deal. We don't have royals no, in the, America. And the complaining because Trump didn't go to visit her earlier or what company or well, that turns into a nightmare of press coverage. Right. Your wife's trying to go to the hospital to deal with something you don't need 50 journalists tagging along 
It's uh, usually a big deal when a parent doesn't show up for their child's wedding. It's an even bigger deal when the wedding in question is Saturday's royal wedding at which Prince Harry and Meghan Markle will tie the knot. Markle's dad is not going to be there to walk his daughter down the aisle. Kensington Palace does not confirm or deny a TMZ report that has Thomas Markle not attending but they are asking for understanding and respect for the couple. Now, TMZ... Still waiting for the first word I care about in this story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you, Harry, if you're listening, Harry, first of all, thank you for listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> Secondly, run for your life, son. Run for your life. The sun never sets on the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> That's right. You've got the dad won't show up. He's so, got no part of it. Right. The half-brother is saying she's a shallow, nasty tramp. You know, so I, just, does, I don't know. There's danger there. But does, So she and dad not get along? Is that the problem? TMZ says Markle's dad is upset over the flack he got for allegedly getting paid for staging paparazzi photos of him preparing for the wedding. Yeah. What? That was a weird move. I saw that over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, he got involved. He figured out a way to make money with him picking out a suit for the wedding. Right. And I got no problem with I that. I got no problem with it either, but uh, I don't know. Boy, I, you know what, That's Sean? A, would your dad do that? I would my dad do that? caring less than I cared like 30 seconds ago. <laughs> it just shows him to be a certain sort of person, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, guys uh, got to make a living. <laughs> a picture of your dad contacting the press about picking out the suit because he's going to be able to make money off of it. <laughs> I tell you what, if if he called me and said, hey, you know, I just, the, the National Enquirer called, said they'd give me a hundred gur to follow me around picking out a suit. I I'd take say, care of your mom's medical treatment, the rest of it, blah, blah, blah. Be- I'd say, get it done. I am somehow in the lineage to the throne. Let's not worry about paparazzi paychecks right now, Father. See if you I can get another 25 away. grand for picking out shoes. That's what I would tell him. I could end up being Queen of England. I don't, I, I You're don't trying think to cash that. a year's salary for some pictures. Come on, we're becoming Fit royalty, big, Father. Yeah, big picture. Come on, Michael. Where's the blonde, the blonde, blonde? What are we paying you for? Come on. I'm sorry, I got bored. Come on. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Royal wedding. Hilarious. Uh, in the NBA playoffs, the Warriors made a statement in game one of the Western Conference Finals. I'd Golden say. State power and passed the Rockets 119-106 at the Toyota Center behind 37 points from Kevin Durant. Warriors up nine. Thompson flashes by. Doesn't set the screen. Durant takes a three over Harden. Knocked it down. KD's got 33. That hit nothing but net. 99-87 Warriors with 7.50 to go. Yeah, that's a good action. Now, did the play-by-play guy make it a rule that the that the color analyst could have to be more nasally than me? <laughs> so was that the shot in which uh, I think Chris Webber said, all you can do to defend that is you'd have to grow. That's the only thing you're going to be able to do. Become 11 feet tall. The reason Barkley said it's going to be over in three is, so uh, for Houston, your, your best player scored 41 points. You played the best game you're ever going to play. The Warriors' two-time MVP had an eh game, and they still won by double digits. Mm. So what are you going to do? It's over. Ah, listen to this. Listen, <laughs> it's never over. It's not over till we say it's over. No, I didn't see the complaining of it's no fun to be an NBA fan because you put too many stars in one team. I see that argument. It's, it's amazing. I love seeing all these other teams just not be able to, to get their stuff together to compete. God, it is something. You got to figure it out. They are dominant. I, I, I want a time machine. I want to see him to play. I want to watch him play Wilt's team. I want to watch him play Michael Jordan's team. That's what we need to see. Meanwhile, the Cavaliers are going to try to rebound from a game one loss in the Eastern Conference Finals tonight against the Celtics in Boston. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. To make a point, uh, sorry, LB. 
Um, to make the point, this. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. That's great. Super. Timing. You got any comments on the Carter presidency? As long as we're, you know, really exercising our comic timing here. Uh, no, no, I don't. All right. So as has been pointed out many times, if uh, at the risk of being overly sportsy. Uh, the Warriors would get the hell beat out of them by the great 80s teams. It was a different rule book. It was a different game. Not, they wouldn't get the hell beat out of them if you played by today's rules. The, 80, the 80s teams would lose by 30. Well, exactly. You got to depend on, you got to decide which rules you're using. That's what I said. Um, so, yeah, a lot of defensive hobbies, which is pretty interesting. So you'd have to have a time machine and persuade the league that you're from the future and to change the rules. Yeah. A little unfair. Sure. They built those teams to beat the hell out of each other. Uh, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. London calling to the faraway towns. Now war is declared and battle come down. I climbed the ladder of class rank to the top because I failed <coughs> to participate in activities such as athletics, band, speech and debate, and journalism that ironically would have decreased my GPA while I watched my peers become involved and accomplished and improve as human beings. It is for this reason I confess that I don't believe I am qualified to represent my graduating class. I have not had the opportunity to talk to or even meet a majority of the graduates here today. So that's making the round. It's a graduation address by the uh, the top GPA kid at some school and uh, saying I didn't get involved in a whole bunch of stuff because it would have lowered my GPA. Wow. And I don't feel like, well, basically he's saying I don't feel like I'm as uh, well-rounded and interesting as these other people. Yeah, that's interesting. My kids' high school, they went to like a a multiple valedictorian (laughs) thing. Man, something's in bloom that's making me crazy. Anyway, uh, because it became clear that the quest to be the one was ca- causing all sorts of you know, distortions in the market, as we'd say in econ. People doing all sorts of crazy things. Yeah. Cheating and cutthroat and so wh- and sacrificing their education to get the higher grades. So, just- so what's going on? Because the idea of having a valedictorian has been around, I don't know, certainly my whole life, maybe forever. Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden it's gone off the rails. And yeah. so so what what is happening there? Is it the is it the weird college thing? Or is a it a factor? Or does it fit into the hobby discussion we're having where everything is about climbing the ladder of success somehow. Why don't we talk about that next segment? Because we're going to anyway, and I think it all fits together. It absolutely does. It's a cultural shift. But uh, first of all, uh, three critical stories from the Pacific Northwest that you need to know. Number one, it was 88 degrees in Seattle yesterday, apparently, which is a crazy record. It's usually 65, so it's hot in Seattle. Who get, a, get an iced Starbucks. Right, exactly. It's cold in California right now. The two of you, everybody get together and, and, and love one another right now. Uh, moving along. Uh, Too cold at home. Uh, huh? Mm, it's cold at home. Hmm? Is it cold at home? <laughs> no. Too hot to fish, too hot for golf, and too cold at home. What? 
A 14th human foot has been discovered off the shores of British Columbia. A what? 14th human foot since, well, 2007. 11 years of feet. That's going to be the book I write. <laughs> Jack, as you know, I've been on this beat for quite a number yes. of years. Yes. Uh, the, the, the feet that wash, shocking. The feet that wash up on shore is your desk. The shocking, disturbing number of human feet that wash uh, ashore in the great state of Washington and or British Columbia. Uh, Canadian authorities say a man was walking the beach on Gabriola Island. I've never had the pleasure. I'm sure it's wonderful on the west coast of the country when he found a disarticulated human foot inside a boot. What was that word you used? Disarticulated. Okay. So if my foot comes off, honey, yes. uh, my foot's been disarticulated. What? Uh, dial 911. It's been what? Google it. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to cause a delay. In your medical care. Anyway, they found a foot in a boot. And uh, they're wondering who it belongs to. If you're missing a foot, call <laughs> Canadian hey, authorities. that might be where my foot went. <laughs> uh, At least a... it's shod. I appreciate that. I don't like bare feet, as you know. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's the 14th foot, as we mentioned. Do they have uh, any guess where this is coming from? Yeah, yeah. A, a serial bifooter. You just, you, wait, you know, you're drinking in a hotel bar. You wake up in a tub full of ice with no feet. <laughs> Happens all the time. Happened to a friend of uh, my friend. Uh, let's see. It's the 14th. According to a map created by the British Columbia Coroner's Service, which has now been forced to map the feet. Why are all these feet washing up in British Columbia? Well, it's probably a combination of winds and ocean currents, and feet just tend to separate from the body when they're in water after a while. Well, um, for okay. whatever reason, but why and are, then your shoes float. Why are there so many bodies in the water? Uh, don't know. Okay, do not know. Despair. People are tired of being Canadians. They hurled themselves into the sea. I'm reminded of who can blame them or the pirate philosophy of dead men tell no tales. Well, I always go to a foul game afoot. Could mm. be. Could be that. So uh, your big big story out of the Pacific Northwest that we really should have left more time for, but uh, man, what are you going to do? Is the Seattle City Council. Watering down, but passing, a new tax on large businesses, taxing job creators hundreds of dollars per employee to battle the city's growing homelessness problem. Originally, they were going to charge $500 per employee. And remember, if you subsidize something, you get less of it, or more of it. If you tax something, you get less of it. Um, and so Amazon is saying, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Yeah, out of nowhere, they said, well, we need more money to give to homeless people and whatnot. So I know who has money, companies that are growing. So we're going to charge you $500 an employee, um, and you have to just give it over to us. God, that's such a, I mean, that's such a progressive unicorn sort of, they've got plenty of money. That is precise. I was watching uh, coverage of the city council meeting last night. That was exactly what they were saying. Listen, we need money, and Amazon has lots of money. We need to share. Everybody needs to share. They're actually saying this stuff at the city council meeting. You know what Amazon's going to do? They're going to find the perfect spot and get a bunch of gifts from some city to open up another headquarters. Then they're going to shut down their Seattle headquarters. And just have a better deal to run their company from. Yeah. There were actual communists at the city council meeting. God, uh, you idiots. Don't you realize they'll just leave at some point? Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, but the uh, the Unicornians of the Seattle area were uh, fully in favor of this, and so they're going to hit them with $275 on each employee. Any business that has more than, uh, what is the number of employees? Well, it's, it's big businesses. Are they calling it the Amazon tax? Because that's clearly yes. aimed at them. Yeah, it's going to cost Amazon at least $20 million a year. Whoa! Yeah. Now, Amazon makes zillions of dollars. Yeah, but they've got cities all across the country bending over backwards to eliminate every tax that exists. That is correct, sir. To get them to come to their city. This is a great experiment in economics, though. A city that's hot, it's growing very fast, doing everything it can to ruin itself. So, we shall see. Yeah, it will be an interesting experiment to watch. And uh, everything else coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.